You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. How's it going? Good evening and welcome to episode 77 of the podcast. Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne and... We're in person. We're recording video for this podcast in Chad's basement here in Brockville. Great to be back in person with you guys. How's it going? Pretty good. I just thought out of the blue, why not drive to Brockville, get a little pond hockey in before it's like plus temperature for the next 14 days and uh, record in person. So here I am. Yeah, no, dude, this is great. Um, We're in person and we're actually obeying the laws and everything right now, which is fantastic. The COVID laws, we are allowed to have people inside now and and things are are looking up and people are going to be, you know, starting to get vaccinated very soon. And everybody in Canada, hopefully, will be vaccinated in in a short amount of time, we would hope, um, at least by, you know, the end of the year. Um, so yeah, the, the summer is looking good. The boys are, are going to be buzzing here and, and everything. So it's just, I'm, I'm in a great mood and uh, yeah, it's good to be in person. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, so once again, this is episode 77 of the podcast. We're going to be doing a trade bait episode. So of course, the NHL trade deadline is less than a month away, April 12th. Uh, looking forward to that. Kind of not sure what to expect, you know, with the pandemic, flat cap, all of that kind of stuff, but it's still going to be very interesting. And how we're going to do it after cap or no cap, which is coming up in a second, is we're each picking one player and then a mock deal as well. So I just love doing those kind of things, as you guys know, finding connections, you know, what makes sense for guys uh, to go where and that sort of thing. But we'll start with cap or no cap. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap, right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. So we'll get right into it with the first one. Earlier this week, uh, the news came out, Jordan Bennington, six times six to stay with the St. Louis Blues. That contract is too much for him to to stay in St. Louis, cap or no cap case. Uh, I'm going to say cap and no cap right now, because honestly, I think that the, the dollar value is right, but I would not be giving them six years. I've had a hard time believing in giving goalies long contracts recently. And we, I think we've seen it, uh, fall flat in the later years. And I think it will come back to bite them in the end, but for now, 6 million, pretty good for Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Uh, so it was 6 million is too much. Yeah, that, that was the just no cap. both term and dollars. Yeah, I'm going to say no cap. Honestly, um, I think this is a good deal for both the team and the player. I think maybe you look at the six million dollars and, and immediately you think, OK, that's a lot of money right off the bat. And especially that, you know, those five and six years case, as you mentioned, like that term, that might be scary towards the end. But the reason I'm saying uh, that, that this might be a good contract is because really, who else do they have right now? They have Ville Husso, who has been okay, but Bennington has still been the best goalie in St. Louis. And what else are they going to do if he walks? I mean, there aren't that many UFA options at the end of the year who are really bona fide starters. So it's sort of a safe play to sign him to, to a 6 times 6 deal. Um, that's in the Markstrom territory, though. 
which he got a very similar deal, and that might seem like it's too much for Bennington, but yeah, at the same time, like I, I, I think it's not bad. The nice thing about it is the way the deal is structured. I did look at it; is that it's very tradable in the four, five, and six years. You know, you've got the the low salary cap and the the large bonuses. So that's most deals are structured that way. It's very tradable. I mean, you st- you're still gonna have the six million dollar cap hit, but at the end of the end of the day, I think it's it, it's an all right contract. It's not too bad. Yeah, no, great uh, great responses by by you both. And um, you know, I I don't know about this deal, but at the same time. Time. Like the guy did win them a Stanley Cup. He was incredible uh, during that stretch in uh, in 2019. And when your goaltender plays well and wins you a cup, uh, you got to pay him. That's so, that's the thing. It, it's, yeah. it's a respect thing. It's saying you know you've you've been there. You've done that for us. <clears throat> We're gonna give you this deal. We're gonna bet on you instead of some other random option. So it, I, yep. I think it makes sense, like I said, both mm-hmm. for team and player. And then player. in two years, trade them to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> exactly. Matt Murray, there you go. All right, so Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas came out and said that he would be willing to deal a top prospect, not named Rasmus Sandin, uh, to a team for a rental that's going to help them contend in the playoffs. So this is what I'm asking. Cap or no cap, the Leafs would be willing to deal Nick Robertson over Rodion Amirov at the deadline for a rental. You're already shaking your head, Chad. Cap or no cap? Cap, 100%. There are, there are two of, there are three of their four grade A prospects that are not going to move. I don't care who it's for. They are not going to move, especially, there are a lot of reasons for this that we can get into later in the episode when we talk about trades, but three out of the four prospects are not going to move. Those prospects are Rasmus Sandin, already mentioned, he won't move. Rodion Amirov, he was their pick this year. He has a lot of talent. He might be the steal of the draft. We'll have to see how he develops, but he is a very uh, highly skilled pick. He is not moving. I'll tell you that right now. Nick Robertson is not moving. That's the third one out of the four. He's definitely not moving. He might play some NHL games this year. I expect he will. He's been tearing up the AHL as a 19-year-old. So uh, 100% in my mind, there's no chance that he moves. Now, Timothy Liljegren, that's the fourth. He is the one prospect uh, of the four grade A or, or grade AB prospects that you can say the Maple Leafs have that I think could be on the move, according to Kyle Dubas. I think he just values the other three more. And what better time to sell on Timothy Liljegren than this season? He's been having an unbelievable year in the American Hockey League, um, something he hasn't really done over the last two seasons since being picked 17th overall. And he was a very highly touted prospect. But Sell high on the guy. If you're going to move one of the four, it's going to be Liljegren. It won't be Nick Robertson, and that's why I'm saying cap. And we can get into the, all of that later if you guys want. But, uh, yeah, case. No, go no, ahead. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think Liljegren's one of those guys that he's been all the way across the board when it comes to being a prospect. Like, he, he's been, you know, he was talked about in the top ten for two years leading up to the draft and yeah. in top five at one point and then he kind of slipped a little bit people thought he was actually going to go later when they picked him in 17 and then they got him and now he's kind of like again falling back a little bit and falling into that like he's getting into that age where it's like okay you need him now yeah you need him to start cracking the nhl it's like a jacob zaboral for example is yeah it's time yeah. right yeah. now or you trade him and and you hope that he can go to some team that's young up and coming and crack that roster um to get to your question though i think that uh 
if I had to choose between Robertson and Amirov, I'm going to keep Robertson personally. Um, so I'm going to say cap, and that's because of uh, timelines. He's ready now. Nick Robertson is ready now. He has played in the NHL already in the playoffs. He's proved that he's you know one step out being a superstar in the AHL and kind of wiping the floor with every league he's been in so far. And Amirov... I believe he's under contract in the KHL for like three or four more years. Yeah, so, I, I think it's two. Okay. Yeah, well, but still, that, that's, that's a fair point. And well, Russians also sign extensions, so I mean, maybe it is three years. But yeah, you know, it, it's a long time. You're going to be waiting for that guy. If you can pick up someone who's going to win you a cup right now or, or push you the the extra mile to win a cup, then I think that he'd be the one I'm going to trade out of the two of those guys for sure. Yeah, I agree. Right now, you know what you have, at least at this present <laughs> moment in Nick Robertson. He can play maybe even in the top six. We're, we're going to have to see. He can play, I believe it's seven games this season without burning that first uh, year of his ELC. And I fully expect the Leafs to bring him up and play him for those five or seven games, whatever it is to test the waters to see what they have right now to see if he can hang you know and then if they still feel that they need another forward at the deadline then that's what they can do so that's that's what I think they'll do I don't think there's any chance they trade Nick Robertson for that matter also Rasmus Sandin and Amirov he's a future right now but I think he's too highly skilled I think it's Lilligren if if you're going to make a trade I think it's Lilligren right now sell high on the guy Okay, Uh, and the final one for cap or no cap. So obviously with this year, it's been a little bit different. New divisions and where you're, those are the only teams you're playing. Obviously in the North Division, it's the Canadian teams just playing each other and that's it for an example. We will see more of a divisional-based schedule next season. Cap or no cap case. Uh, no cap. I think that they're learning how <laughs> how much better the logistics is here, how much better it is for the lives of the NHL players, and how much better it is for the league when you're playing multiple games in a row with your division. I think that they need to s- stick with the divisions they have right now, personally. Uh, I think it's a little tough on the North logistically, like going out to Vancouver when you're Ottawa or, or Montreal. But... You know, I, I love the divisions they've built here. I love the hate. I think there's a, a pretty good balance throughout the league. And, you know, you, you keep these divisions and you go back to the way it was before, where you play most of your games in your division, then slightly less, but still the mo- like majority in your conference, and mm-hmm. then take some trips out west. Why not if you're an East team? Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. So I'm going to say <clears throat> no cab. I'm not sure if keeping the divisions makes sense the way it is now. And I know that wasn't your question, but I'm not sure that keeping the divisions makes sense completely for the logistical reasons, especially for the North Division, because, yeah, they might travel less kilometers, maybe, um, compared to the Atlantic, because they're going back and forth to Florida and Tampa all the time. Whereas now you would only be going to Vancouver every now and then, but you would also be playing um, in Alberta all the time as well. So you might travel maybe similar kilometers, maybe less. Um, but the thing that sucks about the division is the time zones. So changing time zones all the time, you get jet lag. And I think that's something that the NHL wants to avoid. So I don't know if keeping the divisions makes sense, but I could definitely see keeping the the series. And that was to your question, the, the mini series is in the, uh, in the season. Like we saw... A couple of years ago, Jonathan Taves actually came out and said, let's, yep. let's do this. This makes sense. 
Um, so yeah, it, it does. It's more of a baseball <clears throat> style, you know. Play, you go out, you go out west, say once in a season, and you play maybe two against LA, two against Anaheim, two against San Jose, and then you're done. And then you don't have to go back out there until maybe in the playoffs if you cross over. So I, I could definitely see that. I think it makes sense. You build rivalries that way because there's little series. We've seen that this year. And, uh, yeah, I think overall it's just it's just good for hockey. We'll, we'll definitely be back to the normal divisions uh, with the Atlantic, Central, Pacific, and, and Metro next year for sure. I think that is their goal. And, you know, with the exception of Seattle. Yes, moving, Seattle will be moving in, <coughs> into, into the, the Pacific, Pacific and then Arizona moving into the Central. But that'll really be the only change. And so, yes, just to, to back up, you know, I, I, I do think that with the way this year has gone, with how happy the players are with the reduced travel, like Case said, that it will be a, a very heavy divisional-based schedule. Yeah. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing uh, what uh, schedule changes they're going to make in 2021-22. Could you guys imagine trying to come up with this friggin' schedule? Oh, my God. Like it's <laughs> Honestly, I think with the miniseries, it might be easier. Yeah. Because you just you just pick a weekend, yeah. And you play, yeah. You know, well, it wouldn't. You play a bunch of games in like a week span where you're in in an area. But it's uh, dude, so incredible how they come up with it in the first place. And the only reason why I said that is just especially this year for the teams that we've seen go down with COVID and how like okay, you got to figure out you know how many games to pack in and how many days. To, yeah. so that they get their set amount of games in for the season. That was the only reason why I said that. Not a not an easy job, no matter uh, how you look at it. Yeah. For sure. the, ni- so. the nice thing is this season, they have about a two-week span. I think it's like 11 or 12 days or something yeah. at the end of the season that they plan on playing those postponed games if need be. Now, they, that's not something that they want to do, but that mm-hmm. is something that they have available before the playoffs start. Right. Okay, well, great stuff, guys. Uh, That is Cap or No Cap for episode 77. We'll get into uh, the nitty-gritty now, and that is uh, trade deadline talk. And it's coming up on April the 12th. You can head over to tsn.ca and check out the TSN trade bait board. Uh, We've got three players we're picking that we think are going to get moved at the deadline with some mock deals as well. Case, we'll start with you because you have... Uh, probably the biggest name who could be available on April 12th, and you have a mock deal as well. Tell us about it. Yeah, he's a guy that's kind of like shot up the trade bait list uh, recently. He's actually number three right now, and that's uh, Ricard Raquel, who, you know, he's on Anaheim, and this is a team that the last couple years we've Having a, we've been having a hard time kind of deciding if they're ready to do a rebuild or if they're ready for one last push. And they've kind of been a little bit of a tweener team. But I think, you know, with Perry leaving now and the dismantling of the decor and Henrique being scratched and, you know, them being in the dead last of the division right now, I think it's time to accelerate the rebuild. And there's no better way than trading your hottest player at the moment that's kind of outside of the age range you want to be playing with right now at the end of his contract he's gonna be turning 30 years old and i don't think that really fits in with the core of this team anymore uh so you know he, he's taken a step back the last two years uh i think five years ago he hit 20 for the first time and then he was a 30 goal scorer for two years and then he settled back down to like 16 18 goals so he's taken a step back but recently man in the last six games he has 12 points he's red hot and Ooh. now is time to 
cash that check right so high. now. Yeah. So high. Um, you know, I've kind of heard the talkings actually. It's a little different this year with the, the flat cap and with, um, you know, the shortened kind of unpredictable season and the, the way things are right now. Teams are a little reluctant to trade their assets for a rental this year is uh-huh. what I've heard. And uh, uh, Raquel has one more year left on a pretty good contract being at $3.79 million. Well worth it for a guy who can score 30 goals. So that being said, it's not going to be a cheap price tag on this guy's head. And I've heard that so far with the two teams that have taken a bite at him. Um, the team I do have in mind for Raquel is the Boston Bruins. I think the time is now to make a late push. One last push, maybe, to win a cup. Uh, they lost a couple of guys this year and there's a lot of talk that maybe they were going to regress this season and that they're not going to be that top team but right away they came out on fire they're first in the division for quite some time but we're seeing them take a step back right now and they've dropped down to fourth place and that's mostly because they've dropped down to 21st in goal scoring recently and wow. they've had a, a, a lackluster uh, depth scoring from what we've uh, we've seen and you know they've got a lot of things that they figured out this year they always have the depth forwards for defense and for being the grittiness like richie has been one of my favorite players to watch this yeah. year um and you know the the decor has settled fine with losing chara and krug they they look great we've talked about charlie mcavoy and, and how great he's been and uh obviously they have the top end scoring so i think Raquel would be the perfect option to bring in some some goals on the second line, a little depth scoring, maybe spark something with Krejci and uh, I guess Kasha. There's some old uh, old friendship there or something like that. Yeah. So I had to start thinking about who Boston could trade that would be attractive for Anaheim, and I had to start thinking about age and some guys. Please say Jake DeBrus. Kind of on the outside. Please say Jake DeBrus. The outside (laughs) looking in in Boston, and right now another guy who's on the trade bait list, actually number ten right now, is Jake DeBrus. Yes. He was a healthy scratch the other day, which is mind blowing. (laughs) He's twenty four years old. He'll fit in just fine. It's almost a like a one for one on cap. So that Mm. clears all that up. I think he's going to be a perfect fit there, and. you know kind of start to accelerate the rebuild that's a piece that they can be using for the next couple of years the other guy i had in mind is another 22 year old and he's a guy that i expected to be on the team this year and that's earl vakanainen a guy that we've kind of been waiting to take that step he, he's been a big name prospect for a little while now but he got leapfrogged this year by jacob saboral and yeah. lazon yeah. so Again, yeah. he's been living in no man's land right now on the taxi squad. I think he's played like nine games in the AHL and six games in the NHL, something like that. Yeah. So the guy's living in la-la land, and it's time to move on him, I think, too. And I think, frankly, uh, there needs to be a first-round pick in there for Anaheim to be enticed by this. So you- Boston has all their picks for the next three years, so they don't have to worry about kind of burning the future here. So I think it's right. a doable trade. So you're thinking a first plus Vakaninen and DeBrusque. And DeBrusque yeah. for Ray Cal. <clears throat> wow. I think the value is a little skewed here. I, I, I think Ray Cal is very valuable, but I don't know if he's worth that much because I think DeBrusque, <clears throat> fully developed, is an equivalent player. I think in a few years he could be an equal player. Raquel is good, but you mentioned he's regressed a bit. Mm-hmm. And a guy who's about 30 years old, his best days are most likely behind him. Okay. 
so my rebuttal to that yeah. is one of these guys is playing in the top six of the Boston Bruins too soon and is getting to shine yeah. because of that. And now we've seen because there's not guys carrying him on the second line, he's been a healthy scratch. The other guy yeah. is Ray Cal, who scored 30 goals two seasons with a good Anaheim Ducks team and now has taken a step back because there is no one there to pass him the puck anymore. Yeah, mm. and you know what? Even when that team was good, they weren't necessarily known at Anaheim. Yeah. About. They weren't necessarily known to be a high-scoring team. Well, he so was that makes their sense. guy. He was their guy putting the puck in that. Yeah, so, that and, makes and sense. And the, the last thing that, you know, it, if we weren't talking cap space and contracts, I think that it's skewed value-wise. But with that one year left for Ray Cal at $3.79 million, he's not just a rental. I think that it's... I think it's there. Now, let me say this. In terms of that extra year, I think that can be either a really good thing, and for the points that you made, because he's, it's a really good cap hit, he's a valuable player, but I think it could also be a really bad thing, depending on who Boston wants to protect or has to protect in the Seattle expansion draft. So if Raquel is someone who must be protected now by Boston because you just traded these assets for him, who are you going to be losing? And I haven't looked at Boston's uh, you know, chart for, for who they will, are expected to protect. But that's something that to, to think about too. So, and, and I'll just give you an example, like thinking about um, the Maple Leafs, obviously, and, and because that's, that's <coughs> who I follow. So if the Leafs were to acquire Matthias Ekholm, that would be great, right? Because he's, he's a fantastic player and he has one more year left on his deal. He's not a UFA. The problem with that is that now the Leafs would have to expose either TJ Brody, Justin Hall, or the newly acquired Matthias Ekholm just because you can only protect eight skaters and they have their eight already that they're going to protect. So I would have to look at the Bruins lineup because if they have to protect Raquel, then that means someone else is getting unprotected. And then if they don't protect Raquel, that means that Seattle is going to have a steal in picking them up. So that's something to think about too. So I think the value of that extra year really depends on the situation of the team. I think looking at the roster right now, I think the most enticing options for Seattle to take from Boston is a guy like Sean Corrali, a guy that's been so consistently solid in the bottom six. I think that Boston's in a, a position where they're super top heavy, yeah. uh, especially up front. Yeah. And then their decor is actually, you know, nothing to bat an eye at. Like, it, it, it's kind of just working. Mm-hmm. There's no guys that you're going to be sitting there and jumping on to pick up. Well, um, let's see. You're, you're protecting and, the top three guys, the top three on the first line. You're protecting McAvoy. That's four. Who else are you protecting? I mean, Raquel, say that's five. and Grizzlick. Then, Grizzlick, that's six, and then you've got two more skaters. So, and Charlie Coyle, yeah. Well, he's got a he's got I a don't, movement clause. Yeah, so he's out. That's that's well, no, you have to you protect, have to protect him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's no, that, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, he's yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something you have to think about too. And and maybe you know I should have if I was going to bring up this rebuttal, I should have probably looked into who they were going to protect. But I'm just, I, I don't know if Boston would make the deal with the value being skewed that much, but maybe that means Raquel is worth, worth a little less, and that's could be sort of like a bargaining chip for the Bruins to say, okay, we'll give you a first and back a nine, and we're going to keep DeBrusque. 
or some form like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think Nebraska's out the door no matter what, so you well, might yeah. as well have him on this trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been, this is the second year in a row that, or no, sorry, he was rumored in the offseason Edmonton had interest, and yeah, for, for him to be a healthy scratch and, you know, not being given a chance to be in the lineup and, and contribute, I definitely think that he could uh, he could be involved in a potential deal like this. And, you know, Don Sweeney is not afraid to go for it. You mentioned Andre Kasha, who Raquel knows. Well, he gave up a first rounder in that deal as well to grab him from Anaheim. So he clearly uh, has made a deal with, with Bob Murray before. And uh, I, I think he, he probably recognizes that Raquel is an option and could be a nice fit in, uh, in a Bruins uniform. All right, good stuff, Case. You got Ricard Raquel going to the Boston Bruins. We'll see what happens with the Anaheim Ducks forward. Chad, we'll go to you next with your player and your mock trade. And I have one question. Is he going to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Why would you even ask? You know that. (laughs) And yes, I have to talk about the Leafs here because they're going to be one of the biggest buyers at this trade deadline. And I'll tell you why. To be eight wins away... From the Stanley Cup this year, all the Toronto Maple Leafs have to do is be the best team in Canada in the playoffs. They just have to beat two teams four times apiece from the Canadian division. They've pretty much already done that this year with each team. So, pretty much. Not exactly, but pretty much. (laughs) All right. But yeah, so they're going to make a big splash. And Kyle Dubas has already said that this next two-week period uh, where the Leafs only have, I think it's like four games in the next two weeks. They have a ton of days off. He's trying to make a trade right away to improve this roster. And, you know, good on him. I'm I'm really happy that he's not afraid to do something. And, you know, he said that the majority... He had a press conference today, by the way, and that's why I keep referring to what he said. Um, He mentioned that... One of the big things that he's been talking to other GMs about is a top six or seven forward to play on that second line with Nylander and Tavares. So that's something that he's been after. Obviously, Mikael Granlin has been mentioned and a few other names, but uh, that's not the trade I'm going to go with. I actually think they need to improve on their back end as well. Losing Miko Lettinen in that trade isn't that big of a blow. Miko hardly played, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of upside there. And there was a lot of serviceability there. It was a guy you could plug into games when you need if someone's hurt. You look at the Leafs' back end, if Jake Muzzin gets hurt, you're kind of screwed. If TJ Brody gets hurt, you're kind of screwed. And the list goes on. So if anybody in the top four gets hurt, you're kind of put in a position where now all of a sudden you have a below average decor, and that's not something you want to be working with in the playoffs. So. I already mentioned Matthias Ekholm. The reason it doesn't really work for the Maple Leafs is because he has that extra year and you don't want to give up a bunch of assets for him if you're not going to protect him in the expansion draft. Also, you don't want to give up a bunch of assets for him if that means that you're in turn not going to protect uh, Justin Hall in the expansion draft because Hall is a player on a really good contract and would be very appealing to uh, the Seattle Kraken. So my trade is simple. And, and it's I've actually got two. I'll mention the first one in passing because it's, it's a very minor deal. And I'll mention the second one because it's a very exciting deal. I think you guys will like it. The first one is uh, David Savard 
Okay, the Leafs need to improve their defense. I just mentioned that. David Savard is playing for Columbus right now, obviously. Um, he's a very good defenseman. He plays in their top four. If the Leafs were to acquire David Savard, he would play on that third pair for the Maple Leafs with Travis Dermott in exchange for uh, Zach Bogosian. And Bogosian would be your number seven. I think Bogosian is, has been really good this season. You've got all that you can really ask out of Zach. Um, but I think there's a better option, and that's David Savard. So for the cap hit right now, he makes 4.25, and he's he's an ex, on an expiring deal. Okay, so that's a lot of money, especially for your third pair. But as I mentioned last episode, and as you guys know, the, the cap hits for, for the season get prorated to the amount of games that you've played and the amount of days left in the season. So that cap hit is actually much less than that, and, it, and technically it allows the teams to spend a bit over the cap. Columbus right now is on the outside looking in. Okay, I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs because we really expected them to be a playoff team. But this deal only happens if Columbus says to themselves, you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. This is a season that we're going to miss. And we want to get some value back for an asset that is on an expiring deal. So here's the trade. Oh, and actually, you know what? Before I do this, by the way, more on Columbus. Minus 19 goal differential brutal they're sitting four points out of the playoffs right now they're less than 500 they've had two goalies who are supposed to be better than they are they've kind of been struggling this year i've got corpus Allo in fantasy he's been letting me down a little bit um but yeah so so here it is david savard maybe that has to get retained his his uh salary maybe it does maybe it doesn't and then maybe the value changes if if it's retained in exchange i've got a third rounder 2022, because the Leafs don't have their third round over 2021. That was involved in the uh, Jack Campbell deal last season. Yep. Um, so that third rounder, plus one of Engvall, Galchenyuk, Patan, Boyd, or VC. One of those guys, because they all fill a very similar role. And the reason I mention those guys is because Columbus does not score as many goals as they want any of those players and I mean any of those players could fill in in the bottom six of of Columbus and make an impact and, and get some depth scoring we have a bunch of them uh, we have a bunch of those players those those quadruple A players that we mentioned that uh, might not have a spot now Engvall is, is definitely the most valuable of those players and this deal really only works if the Leafs also have the cap space to go out and get another, you know, whether it's a third line center or a top six player. But that's my deal. Uh, first of all, what do you guys think? It's a bit of a boring one, but I think it really addresses a need that that the Leafs really need. Yeah, you know, when I started kind of looking at the trade bait list and, and trying to pick a guy that I wanted to go for, I was actually leaning towards taking a defenseman the whole time because that kind of seems what like what everyone does at the deadline when they are deciding you know we're we're making a push this year they pick up a defender it's it's something that you need depth in in the playoffs no matter what um and it's funny that when i think of savard i always think of playoffs Thank you. That's exactly what I think about with that guy. I, th- I think he succeeds in the playoffs. That's a pretty interesting one to bring in. And uh, I-, I think that if I was Columbus and-, and I had my pick of the litter there, obviously I'm taking Envel, but I don't think it's smart to move him. And I, I think Jimmy Vesey is-, is the one that you'd want to pick there, I, I would say. Um, 
and it, it definitely makes sense for Toronto to bring in the D-man and not any more forwards. I don't, I don't personally think so. You know, there's a lot of talk about maybe patching up some goaltending, so maybe some depth scoring. Maybe it, it's all over the place with the Leafs because people uh, feel like they have to talk always with the Leafs. It's like me in the back of a car. If I'm not talking, I, I'm what are you doing? Freaked out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I kind of actually agree with this trade, believe it or not. When when I heard you're going to talk about Toronto, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, yeah, we're bringing in Taylor Hall. And then, well, uh, I said that last with week, the other assets that we bring in in the Taylor Hall trade, we're going to trade those assets to pick up Kyle Palmieri. Yeah. And we're going to have the best star in the world. Like, so <laughs> that's my least voice. And that's exactly yeah. what I thought was going to happen Sounds here. Like but beyond. this is super believable. Now, do you think the value is there? Because I've only included a third rounder. Do you think that needs to be a second or something of more value? Again, he is on that expiring deal worth 4.25. Maybe they have to retain salary. Well, I kind of think about Sammy Vatanen trade. Of course, I'm a Devils fan. But it's very similar to me. What uh, Carolina did last year, they had a dif- decent decor, obviously one of the better ones actually, and then they decided to bolster it a, le- a little more and brought in Sammy Vatanen. And you think about what went back the other way, it was a third round pick. And then it was Yane Kokkonen, who, mm. a pretty decent prospect, he was lighting up the AHL. It's almost exactly. was a second round pick though. So I think there's a little more value in the Devils trade. Yeah, okay. So I think maybe you need a little more of a nudge there. And maybe that means it's Engvall. Yeah. Engvall in a third, I think, is the, the value. Or maybe it's Patan in a second. Something sure. like that. But but yeah, I, I'm glad you agree with the value. I wasn't sure. But the reason I, I want David Savard, and first of all, this trade is not, or, or acquiring this player is not just my idea. I, I watch a ton of YouTube videos on the Leafs, and I watch this one guy called Downtown Stephen Brown. He's a smaller YouTuber from Toronto, and he's very good. He brings in analytics a lot, and he's, he's very insightful. And so I watch him a lot, and he has mentioned that he wants David Savard a lot because it would be a cheap addition to an already pretty good back end, um, and he would play third pairing. Also, David Savard would be a, a strictly a shutdown player. He starts roughly 60% of, of his faceoffs in the defensive zone, it's just unbelievable. He blocks shots. He hits like he he plays a rough style of of play, and that's what you want if you're the Maple Leafs, right? Out of a defenseman, it's essentially a better Zach Bogosian, um, and someone you can feel a bit more confident out there uh, when he's out there. So that's my trade. And uh, Harp, any thoughts? I, I do want to give you my second one though because it is a bit more fun. But I'll, yeah. I'll just brush over it quick. Sorry, yes, yeah. just quick. I, I yeah. think it's funny that you say he's a better Zach Bogosian, but Zach Bogosian was the guy that Tampa Bay brought. You know, one of the guys Tampa Bay brought in to bolster their defense for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously they got guys. They got like Blake Coleman too. And yeah, listen, if the Leafs had a Victor Hedman. Zach Bogosian would probably look a lot better paired with him. It's just, it's the reality of, of what our decor is right now. We have a lot of good players, not a Victor Hedman. So not yeah. many teams. I mean, one team has a Victor Hedman. There are a few other, you know, defensemen who are comparable, but that guy is pretty well in a league of his own most nights. Mm-hmm. Just quickly before we move on to the yeah, second yeah, yeah. deal, I, I, I do like this 
Nice comparison by Case with the Vatanen deal that we saw last year going from New Jersey to Carolina. That is the, a good comparison. That, yeah, a very good comparison. And, you know, he's he's not going to give you that offensive production, but he's a big body. He logs a ton of minutes, and he'll really help stabilize things back there. And, you know, it's, it's nice that for the first time in probably three years that defense hasn't really been an issue for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think just to strengthen it a little bit more, like you're always trying to get better, especially around the deadline. If you think you have a chance to contend and make a run, which the Leafs clearly do, especially in the division that they're in. And so I, I like this. So a lot. with the fans, this trade can go two ways. Actually, it's probably going to go both ways because there's two different types of Leafs fans. Typically. Okay. Um, there's going to be the guys that are like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what we need. You know, the tough grit, shut down guy. We're gonna, yeah. we're not going to allow any goals. And then there's going to be the other guys that this is not good enough. They need Taylor Hall. That's Toronto fans to me. <laughs> I I kind of don't fit into either category, but I also fit into both categories. So I, I think <laughs> I, I think I'm I'm just the pinnacle of what it means to be a Leaf fan. So. I, uh, I'll, I'll wear that badge with honor. Let's hear deal, uh, deal number two. Okay. Let's get into that. Number two. You're going to like this one. And stop screen peeking. I know you're looking at my screen because uh, we're in person and you can see. Um, but but number two, here's my trade. Um, it involves the Buffalo Sabres. And it doesn't involve Taylor Hall or Jack Eichel, so you'll be happy. It involves Linus Olmark. Olmark, not Olmark. Olmark, Linus Olmark, the goaltender. Yes. Um, the starting goaltender who is currently injured and is a couple weeks out from, from being healthy. To the Toronto Maple Leafs in return for Freddie Anderson, what do you think? Uh, no, it's not <laughs> happening. He's going to sign, he'll sign an extension with the Sabres and was playing at a high level before he got hurt. So no. And that's not your deal. You're joking. It is my deal, and I'll tell you why it makes sense. It's Linus Olmark, who makes 2.6 against the cap on an expiring deal for Freddie Anderson and maybe a pick who makes $5 million, uh, against the cap, and he's also a UFA. It just makes sense because the Maple Leafs have kind of figured out that Freddie Anderson isn't what we or what he was two years ago and you guys know me i am the biggest no 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 listen i am the biggest freddie anderson fan there is yeah, i'm looking at the camera right now i know giving it a look of what the hell is happening no yeah, i know I, I, this is a fun one but let me explain it i am one of the biggest freddie anderson fans in the, in the history of fans and you guys know that but he hasn't been good this season. It's just not good enough. I think he has like a 904 save and it's just not good enough. You have Jack Campbell who has like a 923 or something. He's only played 3 games because he's been hurt. But here's how this makes sense. Buffalo as we know is an absolute tire fire. Okay? They have Uko Pekolukinen coming up in the pipeline. So it doesn't matter if they trade away all mark because that's going to be your guy for the future now you get freddie anderson as a stopgap until he comes back you can sign fred to likely a, a, a cheaper deal maybe four million times two years or something that i could definitely see that happening i you're mad but I'll say right now, Linus Olmark has actually been better than Freddie Anderson in almost every category 
over the last two years. Yeah. So this has to be Freddie Anderson plus, which I hate saying, but like I, I did my research for this one and it's it actually sucks. Like <laughs> I love Freddie so much, but he has just not been good enough since the 2017-18 season when he was fourth in Vesna voting. So uh, he was an all-star last year, but he probably didn't deserve it. He has a great namesake, but that's just not, you know, working anymore. I wish that we kept transcripts for the podcast so I could do a little control F and yeah. just control F Freddie Anderson and just pick out all the times that you're like, he's the best goalie ever and he's going to be the best goalie this year and he's probably going to win the Vesna and all that stuff. And then just like insert clip here. Yeah. And, and then drops this bomb no, on our trade bait episode was not this expecting is, it's this. A, it's a fun one because there's been so much talk about Freddie Anderson recently. And at the end of the day, you want to know what I really think is going to happen? They're going to ride with Freddie and Jack, and that's going to be their tandem. What? What do you mean? They have Michael Hutchinson. No, 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 no. And then that goalie no. they just got from Columbus. Yeah, I can't even pronounce his name. Me neither. He, uh, he's supposed to be okay, though. But uh, back back to this, okay? I, I don't think this is going to happen. But if you want to improve goaltending for the Leafs at a cheaper cap hit than Freddie, like $5 million is a lot to pay for a league average goalie. And that's exactly what he's been. He's been between, you know, 15th and 45th in all of the stats that matter which is league average for the last two years. He is very hot sometimes, and he goes on incredible runs where you can't beat him. But he's also streaky in in a negative sense too, where it just seems like even if he's winning, like you've got to win 6-5. So listen, I love <clears throat> Freddie, and I love the Freddie from 2018. It's just if the Maple Leafs decide that he's not going to be the guy to win you a playoff series, like now is the time to be like, okay, to be eight wins away from the Stanley Cup, we only have to be the best team in Canada. So this is how it makes sense. And if Linus Olmark is going to be the guy when he's healthy, so be it. Like I said, this is a fun one. I don't think they're going to do this, but it would make sense. And the cap would make sense too. So after this trade, the Leafs would have about $4 million to play with. Okay, there's got to be... So no, Taylor no, Hall, 50% retained. There's got to be plus, man. Like... <laughs> I'm not entertaining this anymore. No, that's I'm what done. I said. There has to be. <laughs> I, I I am done with this. Why would they trade for a worse goalie? Just one for one. No, that's what I said. Freddie plus. The trade is one for one. No, it would have to be Freddie plus, and it would likely be a pick or a prospect to set set the Sabres okay, up for success. It's a four way trade. Anderson goes to Edmonton. Um, <laughs> Larson goes to Buffalo. Uh, Hall goes to Toronto. And that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, I don't know, four teams, but only three there. Um, so that's that's my fun trade. Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. But it's, you know, you just you look at goalie upgrades around the league, and there have been, there's been so much talk about how Freddie Anderson just hasn't been good enough recently. And that will be a goalie upgrade. Uh, and for it to make sense cap wise, you would have to send Freddie back. But. You guys clearly didn't like it. So Freddie's just... going to Seattle, and he's going to be one of the best goalies in the league next year. Well, he'll be a UFA, so Seattle won't take him, but they could sign him. But they'll sign him. They could sign him, yeah. yeah. And then he's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner in one. You know you know what I did, and this is off topic. We'll get back because I, th- I think, Harp, you have a trade as well, and then we want to wrap up. But th- what I did in, in fantasy, or not in fantasy, in uh, uh, franchise mode in NHL, I traded away Freddie Anderson. 
to the Carolina Hurricanes because they need a goalie. So I thought this yep. makes sense. And they, right? and they have had interest in him. They've had interest in Fred before and they need a goalie. They don't have a very good, they have a, they have an average tandem as well, but they don't have a starter. So I thought it would make sense. And in return, I, I forget what I got back, but equal value. Um, it might've been Jake Bean or something. I forget. Anyways, he won the Stanley Cup the year I traded him. Oh so my. could you imagine if you trade Freddie Anderson to another team and Buffalo wins the cup. Well, it wouldn't be Buffalo, but I'm saying, you know, if you trade him to a content or, or he signs with like Seattle or something and wins the cup and he's the guy to win all 16 games in the playoffs. Like that's what's going to happen because he's a former lead. It is. Regardless, th- this is his last chance. This is Anderson's last chance to prove that he can be a good goaltender in the playoffs. And yeah. right now we're kind of seeing a mediocre goaltender in the regular season as well, who in the past <clears throat> hasn't had playoff success. Time will tell. And also it, it's very interesting because we, we haven't seen that large of a sample size from Jack Campbell. I yeah. know they're very high on him, but it's gonna be interesting to see what plays out because if the if the Leafs don't make at least the conference finals, he's gone for sure. Yeah, and I'm not one I'm not one of the people in the camp to say, let's give Jack Campbell the reins. Um, he's a great starter. Look at his numbers. Like, no, he doesn't have enough experience. He's played less than 100 games in the NHL, and he's like 28 years old. So, no. But in all honesty, I think they ride this tandem, and and you see what happens. But I yeah. thought it would be a fun trade. Anyways, we are running very – I've been talking. Stop me from talking. Okay. Tell me your trade. Tell me your trade. All right. Perfect. As Case said, I'll hit you guys with this one. So the player I'm going with is Eric Stahl of the Buffalo Sabres. He's got a year left at $3.25 million. And uh, of course, Buffalo is open for business in what has been a rough year. And, you know, we won't get into to that whole discussion, but they're going to be sellers for sure. And uh, I think Stahl is one of the guys who goes. Don't think it's going to be a Canadian team just with the difficulty with quarantine and all that. We've seen that a lot in the news as of late. So I think he is going back to the Carolina Hurricanes for another run. Uh, They're a very good team, one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. His brother Jordan is there, who, by the way, is a revelation. He's having a fantastic season. Uh So there's a couple of ways that this deal could work out. I think Buffalo does have to retain a bit of salary. It ends up being like a million and a half from his $3.25 million cap it for this year because uh, the Hurricanes will need that to make it work under the eighty-five or $81.5 million cap. So there's a couple of ways that this could work. And one of these deals I actually did in Shell franchise mode. So it's Stahl <laughs> going to Carolina for prospect Jack Drury. And of course, that last name is very familiar to <laughs> Buffalo fans. His uncle is Chris Drury. It's awesome. So it's someone who has a connection to Buffalo. They get a young center in that deal. I like that one. And also a sixth round pick in the upcoming draft. So they get a young centerman and a pick uh, in the upcoming draft. Or with salary retained uh, from Buffalo with, with Eric Stahl, they just get a 2021 third round pick. 
There's been a lot of talk about maybe they could get a second for Eric Stahl. I just don't think so. He's no. older. He's on the wrong side of 30. And the offensive production has not been there this season like in past years. But you know what? It's where he won a Stanley Cup. He was a star with his team. His brother is there. They're very good. And I think uh, a reunion for Eric Stahl in Carolina is very likely. What do I, you guys think? I I love it. He loves it. <laughs> I love listening, you know, when you get going with these connections. Like, sometimes it's like, you know, Drury, and it's Eric Stahl and Jordan Stahl and Rob Brindamore, and he was a superstar there. Then sometimes it's like, oh, when this guy was younger, he had a paper route, and on that paper route (laughs) was a person who used to live in Boston. So I think this trade makes sense for him to go to Boston. It's like, sometimes it's just so out there. This one, this is nice. I like it. Um, I think the trade makes sense for for Carolina. I think that's something that's going to push them over the edge. I'm glad that you brought up Carolina into a trade rumor here because I think that that division is going to be the biggest arms race at the trade deadline out of anyone because you look at those teams at the top and everyone's good. And now you're going to have to play them in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup. So, you know, you got Florida who is just phenomenal for some reason (laughs) you got tampa bay and carolina chicago's playing out of their depth columbus is pushing for a playoff spot there's a lot of good teams in this division and uh you know minus one and it's going to be an arms race so i think uh it's funny that uh, like oh how the turns tables for eric stall you're talking about you know harp saying that buffalo's going to make the playoffs because they brought in stall and now he's shipping out to carolina but um i think you know, I like the return. I like Drury. I like a third in there. And I think it makes sense for Eric Stahl to go home and maybe win a cup. Yeah, I, th- I think it makes total sense. Um, I was looking at Eric Stahl today because, you know, selfishly, there's been a ton of rumors of him maybe going to the Leafs for that six or seven guy. Again, I don't know if I really see that happening. It'd be fun. Um, yeah, but to, to Carolina, like... They are, I believe they're in second place in the entire NHL right now. Yeah, behind Florida. They're having an unbelievable year, and they're just such a good team with so many underrated players. Like, it's it's insane. So I could definitely see this happening. I was looking at Eric Stahl earlier, though, what I was going to say. And uh, did you guys know he had 100 points one year? Like, I thought that was incredible. Like, 100 on the dot one year it might have been the year they won the cup and i was just looking through that and i was like i knew eric stall was good i didn't know he was 100 points good so that's that's uh, incredible he was he was a he star scored, there he scored 40 goals from minnesota a couple years ago at the age of 48 i know yeah. but that's not 100 that's 40 goals extremely impressive but i think the 100 point club is a, is a different he was a good player man back when he you was were playing with eric cole yeah. Like, that was well, a sick do, team. And yeah. that's the thing. I knew that he was a good player. I didn't know he was 100 points good. Like, that's some elite company, 100 points. When that, was that? Like, 2005? Like of I think it might have been the year they won the Cup. I would have to look it up again. Well, that was that was 2006 because they, yeah. they beat Edmonton. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, that was a great team. Kevin Adams, GM of the Sabres, he was on that team. Rod Brindamore was playing back then. Jesus, he looks like he can still play. But anyway, Crazy. and, uh, you know, Case, I'm glad you didn't need a roadmap for these corrections <laughs> or uh, connections. You too, Chad. You know, I, you know, I like to dive into that kind of stuff, so I'm glad it works out that way and you guys like it. But just going back to Carolina, um, they this is kind of their last chance because they have got a big offseason. They have to go for it. Rod Brindamore is up. 
and Dougie Hamilton. Well, that's the big so one, they, Dougie Hamilton. Yes, they they have to go for it. And you know what? I could see at the end of the year maybe a cheap one year extension for Eric Stahl to wrap it up in in Carolina. So yeah, that would be cool. I think yeah. they signed Hamilton. I think they'd be dumb not to. I don't think he's going to command the type of number that he probably <clears throat> deserves because I think he's undervalued around the league. So I think they get him on on a nice, neat deal. They get it done. He stays there, and he is their franchise defenseman. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, just going back to why I chose Jack Drury out of the prospects, obviously the Buffalo connection, but, like, Carolina is good now, and they have a lot of guys coming up. They're like yeah. another Colorado. Yeah. Like, they could win now, and they have guys coming, particularly in the middle of the ice. They've got other guys there. So if they gave up Jack Drury, wouldn't be a big deal. They've got Ryan Suzuki, who we saw for Team Canada in the World Juniors, uh, Jamison Rees, and, uh, and the list goes on. They've so. got Zion Nybeck who we've talked about on this podcast a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. who's the other guy? Noel Gundler. No, Noel Gundler. So they've <clears> got... <throat> or Gundler, you're right. That's the pronunciation. So yeah, was that Russian? Of, Ponomarov or whatever? Ponomarov. They've yeah. got a ton Ponomarov. of guys, man. They, they do. Yeah. And Jake Bean playing very well. Um, and uh, goal of the future, Alex Nedeljkovic. So, and no anyway. more Jake Gardner. Yes, that's right. Jake Gardner well, was on waivers earlier. Taxi squad, Jake Gardner now. So. Yeah. Anyway... Enough talk about the Hurricanes. I, I think we're pretty good, boys. We can wrap up now. And I do want to say before we wrap up, because we, we didn't mention it off the top, I thought we were going to, but thank you so much to Fiona O'Dare, who made an incredible uh, graphic for us. It's our new podcast background. So if you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just look at it. You probably already saw it. Just look at it. It's right there. Yeah. And it's so much nicer than our old graphic. It has the three of us, obviously. We're sort of like cartoony. And uh, yeah, it's so cool. I think so, that everyone should be thanking her because now they yeah. don't have to look at our faces. That's yeah, right. Very our ugly true. mugs. Yeah. And I was going to get to that. I, I forgot to do it off the top. But uh, but yes, no, just thank you again to Fiona. Great friend of ours. And uh, yeah, she does great work. You can check her out on Instagram at uh, stickers by fee. If yep. you want to get some nice stickers made up, they look fantastic. Case made a great point. People don't have to look at our ugly mugs moving forward. So yeah, they took our <laughs> eyes, nose, mouth, everything out, and it's just uh, yeah, it's just a backdrop of us. So it's great. Yeah, quickly want to mention too uh, some sad news in the in the hockey community. And uh, rest in peace to 19 year old KHLer Timur uh, Fazadunov, mm-hmm. uh, who of course was struck by a puck. Um, in, in a game, um, just a, a, an awful video clip to watch and uh, was put on life support and then just passed away. So w- way too young. Uh, it, it's, it's surprising, honestly, that these incidents don't happen more. Uh, but when they do, it's a darn shame and, and especially to a, a kid that young. So very yeah. sad. Yeah, absolutely. It's extremely sad and it's it's more sad because it's caught on camera and that's something that is never going to go away. That video is always going to be there and, you know, it's always going to be a reminder that these scary things happen and, you know, it's it's, it's just absolutely terrible. So that's uh it's unfortunate and, you know, it it is nice to see the hockey community coming together. 
in this time. I've seen so many people, you know, sending sending thoughts and prayers to their family. And even in the NHL, you know, the Penguins have been wearing um, a, a 77 sticker on their helmets. Uh, they wore those tonight to support him and and to just, uh, you know, it just goes to show that when terrible things happen, like the hockey community is going to be there for you. But absolute tragedy. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't say it any better, Chad. Like yeah. the hockey community, every single time, um, they they come up big and in the worst times. Yeah. Condolences to his friends and family, and thank you so much for listening to episode seventy-seven. We'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.